artist she is a drag queen she is an international drag con and west hollywood legend no other than my sister miss raya latrey hello raya welcome to the bar drag's baddest bitch in the house how is it going on the shut up chanel podcast oh my god so much better now that i got you here you I always say like I'm a season one girl. Like every time somebody does a podcast, they always call Ray Latrey for season one. <laughs> Pull the dicks out. Pull the dicks out. Oh my god, I haven't heard you say that in so long. Well, okay. So when I started this podcast, when I started this podcast, I thought in my head like, how do I want to do this? Like, how do who, how do I want to have guests on? And I really wanted to kind of like start at the beginning of my journey. And so I've really, each guest I've had so far is kind of like in a timeline structure of when they kind of entered my life and kind of my journey throughout the LGBTQIA plus experience mm-hmm. that I've had. BB before breasts. Wait, what was that again? BB before breasts. exactly and you oh my god every guest i've had on so far has known me before boobs so that's that says something um yeah i've been like going through each each queen and and like their impact in my life and i got to the part of the story where ray latre comes in and you really are right at the beginning of the journey when i had raja on we talked about you know the night um, that she took me to Dreamgirls, I kind of want to go back and I just want your story of like, how did we meet? What is your first memories? How did the two of us meet each other? Oh my God. Okay. Well, I met you um, walking down the dark alley behind Rage. Uh, (laughs) But I had just had like the craziest weekend. You were like this, this like green, sweet, innocent girl with no breasts. (laughs) <laughs> and Delta and Chad and uh, Raja were in the back alley and I was walking past and I met you and the first story I had to tell was that one because it had just happened. <laughs> and your face, you were like, what is it? what was your impression when you first met me in the alley, girl? <laughs> well, literally, that's the exact, like I have this literal image of me walking, of because because for those that don't know, like to go to, and when I was going to the dream girl shows, we would go through the back alley because if you knocked on the back door, the back door of the girl's dressing room was attached to the alley. So if you like knocked really loud on the back door, then one of the Queens would hear you from the dressing room and they would know it was like Raja or Raya or someone like that. So Raja was like, let's go to the back door and go in that way. And you know, I love a back door entrance. So I was (laughs) excited and as we're there waiting at the door, we're waiting at the door for Delta to come and get us. We see you walking down the alley and Sutan was like, oh my God, that's my daughter, Rhea. I can't wait for you to meet her. And you walk up and it was just like, it wasn't like, hey, who's your friend? It was like right into story. And it's like, girl, let me tell you about my night last night. And I was just like, fuck yeah. Like, I loved it. Like, that's what I loved in the beginning is that like, Everything surprised me. I didn't know anything that anyone was talking about. It was just kind of like sit there and like absorb everything that you're hearing. And you absorbed, honey, because let's just talk about uh, the glow up you had that year alone. You could you could tell like, oh, if you went back into your history, you could tell like, oh, this is when Chanel started hanging out with gay people. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much because like you do like like you'll do see that like on on like you know a TV show they'll be like god she just really needed a gay friend you know and like why do you think that is I I mean I know why but why do you think that is do you think it's because of the brutal honesty that gay men give to women Absolutely I mean just I mean uh, the, the brutal honesty we'll give to each other and we'll just I'll just say Willem knows for a fact the second she starts getting thick I'm going to tell her 
You know what I mean? Like I will, I will start being like, oh, catch my sister. And it's all because we care about each other. If we're not, if we're not giving you critiques and if we're not like, you know, trying to make you grow, especially in your beauty, because we are drag queens and it means everything to us, then, um, you know, you're really not going anywhere fast because you have to learn these things from queens and gay people because we are, number one, going to be harsh. Mm-hmm. And we are going to be correct. Mm-hmm. And when you start doing all those little tricks and things, you'll turn back and you'll be like, girl, thank you so much. <laughs> well, I also had this like epiphany the other day where it's like, it, it's, I came from, you know, I came from like young girl world where it's like, one, either the groups of girls are trying to like mimic one another because like they're around, you know, it's just like, we're all kind of mimicking each other. But like within the queen world, it's really kind of like making you the best version of yourself. Like you're not trying to mimic each other. Like you're trying to help each other become the best versions of yourself, if you will. I mean, well, the key is to not give away all the tricks. I like to <laughs> I like to tell people not to moisturize. I like to tell people, you know, d- don't no primer, girl. Just put it straight on that bare skin, honey, and then not give anyone any skin treatment remedies. It's it's very it's kind of shady. You want to give them a little bit, but not too much. <laughs> don't moisturize is hilarious. <laughs> um. And from okay, so that night, so yeah, and, and it's so weird because Dream Girls, like, I didn't even realize how much of like a pivotal, like, of 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 a. That's where a lot of my story kind of unveiled. Like a lot of the stories all stem from Dream Girls. I was even interviewing Sonique, and I forgot that she was a part of the Dream Girls. Mm-hmm. That's where like I met Detox for the first time, and I think that's where I like really started to just like understand WeHo nightlife um, in a sense that like, that's all I did. Like every week I knew that I would go, I could show up to dream girls on a Tuesday and that there would be like-minded people there that love drag like me. Um, And that's kind of where I started meeting people like outside of just like the drag bubble that I was, Mm -hmm. that I was in, but you were like the biggest connector. Like you, I think you were the first queen to teach me family in a sense to where I learned family structure through like Raja telling me like you were her drag daughter, but I didn't understand like chosen family until I met you. Well, yeah, because I have really like created a family in nightlife. And when you were, when you were going out with Raja and stuff, it was more like going to the dream girls, going to the show, kind of doing that thing. But then when you started coming to make out Mondays and you started coming to cheer lounge and you started coming to all of those places where there was more of a sense of uh, moving around and mingling and making community and making friends. Um, that's when you really, really started to thrive. I be- I feel like that's where we like would meet at the friendship tree at here lounge, you know, and, mm-hmm. see my- and like really kind of create our, our queer, queer family, as opposed to just like going and seeing and admiring a drag show, you were actually in the cut of it. Exactly. You kind of like, you took me from like backstage, like into kind of like the actual like nightlife hosting, like yeah. the who's who of WeHo. <laughs> Threw you straight in the fire, mama. And the, girl, I, I could not with you. Then, then you were, um, then you were hosting at BFF. And then you were hosting at Evita. And I was like, oh, so now she's coming for our gigs. <laughs> you were like, bitch, I didn't introduce you to WeHo so you could take my gigs. <laughs> Girl. Um. Okay, I like, we have so many layers to our friendship, but, like, I really do... So, like, I remember, like, what was it, like, what was it that, like, made you want to include me in your world? Because you also even told me, like, the story of, we also had a a group, like, our chosen family back in the day was called All Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. (laughs) Which we, that, which we got from Raja and Delta, by the way. (laughs) We got that from their, their, uh, and they got it from a porn, and then we saw it on, uh, I think it was like a wow thing or something. Wasn't there something like on YouTube where they were being interviewed? And we just took that and ran with it. But I also got to give a shout out to our original Aya members. It was like, okay, so let's see. It was um, uh, Colby Melvin, Mm -hmm. Drew Brown, Mike Munich, 
Stephen Deller, Chanel Perillo, Ray Latre, Marco Marco, Courtney Act, Courtney Act, Devin Uribe, Devin Uribe. <laughs> uh, I I know that there was like some controversy about Aluja. <laughs> that was controversial. <laughs> She's gonna kill me. <laughs> Didn't we get her? And says you agree it was controversial. <laughs> you agree, Alusia was controversial. I didn't we didn't we gift Alusia and Bo Byron one together, like out at the nightclub? And by gift, I mean we made we even had like dog tags that we made that we would wear out to the club. Oh, oh my God, did we see? That's where we went wrong. That's where we gave falsas esperanzas. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? False hope. Okay, perfect. This is it. Like. <laughs> Is it Como se dice? <laughs> On this episode, Como se dice. <laughs> um, there's people that we're forgetting. We had, we even had back in the day, there was, um, remember Facebook? You could have like Facebook groups. And mm. I think that's kind of how it started because you guys had like a Facebook group and you would, you started posting like all the like, all the like, you, it was just like a group chat. It was before group chats. Group chats yeah. weren't a thing. You like Facebook group chatted. And I remember mm-hmm. like one, I remember one night you were like, I'm going to add you to the Facebook group. And I was so excited. Uh-huh. And then remember, I got like two of the other girls. <laughs> She's always been starting the bot. Well, these Facebook groups were kind of like shady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Talk shit about people or we would clock people. Or we would be like, or or it would be like, you know, what are we doing tonight? Or I'm doing this gig tonight. And we would all tell each other the gigs. Mm-hmm. Um, that's and- really how it like, that's, that was kind of like how I began promoting too, because I would post and all, yeah, like I'm going to be at a Vita tonight and you guys would all come to support. Mm-hmm. And, and that-, and that it was, um, I think that if you can still access the group, if you wanted to. I yeah, think so. I think I think we might have made it like super private because there was some like um there was a leak, some controversial stuff on there and <laughs> there was a leak. <laughs> <laughs> so you yeah, but like what what like and how did you kind of put our chosen family together? Like how did that all come about? Cuz I was young and drunk and forgot. Marco tells this story the best because he is the best storyteller. Mm-hmm. But um, there was one night that we were all, we were all at the clubs and we were looking for an afters and we, I specifically picked and chose certain people and invited them all over to Stephen Deller's house, which was also known AKA as the Onyx Hotel. Yes, God. And we're all sitting there. Everyone was getting along. I think there was like 12, 12 to 14 people there. And Nobody knew each other. Everyone only knew me. And people s- started to figure that out. And they're like, like, what the fuck? You like orchestrated? I'm like, oh, yeah, girl, have fun, bitch. Have a drink. Meet some friends, blah, blah, blah. But two, three months later, mm-hmm. we're all doing the same thing every single night at Stephen Deller's. Like, it, would, didn't matter, it didn't matter if it was a Dream Girls Tuesday or if it was a Stripper Circus Wednesday or there was Touch Thursdays at the Abbey or Hype Fridays or whatever was going on Saturdays or Sunday Funday. It didn't matter. We all ended up at the Onyx Hotel until like four or five in the morning. And that and- really solidified us as a, as a, as a core in Anya. It really did. Jenza and Sam were also a part of Oh yeah, I'm I'm remembering names now as yeah. we go because I I have these images of Jenza and I like with our work clothes like at the after because we never missed work. Like I would say that like such good things about our group in a sense that like we were just young and really enjoying life together and all making shit happen. Like we were all finding our paths and and I don't know, it was such a beautiful time. Like I could cry thinking about it sometimes because I just like, I had never felt so like seen and loved and like, and people that I just wanted to spend every moment with, like of every hour, you know, of every day. And I think that that's really important that you said that literally we were all like hustling. We were all working. We were all on our paths. We were, you know, I was in drag six nights a week working on my career, mm-hmm. uh, you know, doing music 
Uh, Steven Dollar was dancing every fucking night at the bars. Marco was really starting to blow up on the drag scene. Mm-hmm. Awesome clothes for celebrities. And um, it was it was just like a really, really magical time uh, when we all got together. And it's I'm actually shocked we're all still friends. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know. I feel like I've, I, if anything, like I've lost touch with some of all. Yeah. But it's like we'll all be friends like forever. I, I, I'm talking about Steven Deller a lot because he was such a huge part of Aya ah, yeah, in that moment. And j- I hadn't, I hadn't seen Steven for like three, four months. And then I just saw him last week and it was like, no time had passed. No time. I ran into him at pump and I like literally, and, and he looks so fucking good. Uh, um, oh my God. And I invited him to Marco Marco show. So it's going to be like such a reunion when we're in New York together. Um, as we were calling it a Raya union. Oh, Raya union. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, this is a Raya union. Um, no, you just bring people together. I think that is like a skill. I think that's why you're probably like great at events um, and in PR and just at like marketing yourself is like, like you really are good at bringing people together. And why the fuck is my phone still going off when it's on do not disturb? Um, you, I just feel like without you, like I, I like just so many firsts in my life. My first time doing poppers, I think was with you. Um, my first time okay. falling uh, falling in love with a go go dancer was with you. <laughs> I <laughs> how, how you um swooped in and stole my apartment from Raja. <laughs> oh my god, let's totally talk about that because Raja and I talked about how we l- ended up living in the same apartment at one time, and I totally forgot that I stole it from you. Um, so yeah, like I was going to WeHo every fucking night of the week, and I had this feeling that. After Drag Race, oh, not after Drag Race, but like I felt like eventually Roger was going to grow out of her tiny, tiny apartment that was like a, the size of a closet. And was so I nothing like like, but it was perfect, bitch. I was I was fucking bright eyed for that apartment for so long, and I'll never forget the day that uh, Roger was like, "I have something to tell you." Chanel's Chanel's taking the apartment. I was like. <laughs> but I'm glad we kept it in the family because I still got to visit. <laughs> um, you did more than visit. You were there like every night with me. Love I feel it. like we even after hours in there before together, like hosted people, and it was like literally the size of a closet. <laughs> well, I used to like to come over and then go next door to six and have her. She was all cracked out, fucking making me rope costumes and like dyeing my hair. <laughs> I had the best time because I got to come hang out with you, and then I would leave Six's house looking the more most fabulous I've ever looked ever with fucking huge ropes hanging off my body. Oh my god! Um, yeah, Six me Six actually made my first Avita look that I ever wore. No one does it like six girl. She can she could take two pieces of yarn and make you a crocheted bodysuit in two seconds. It's it's crazy. <laughs> well, since then you've like continued to take over nightlife. I used to make the joke that once like detox left LA, Raya took the crown. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've continued to kind of take the crown. But how did you because I don't know life before that night that we met in that alleyway. Like, I know you were on American Idol. I know that you did PR. But, like, what got you into drag? Like, was it Lady Gaga? I mean, I think Gaga was, like, an inspiration uh, to really take it a little bit further. But, like, my biggest inspirations were seeing drag queens. Like, I remember the first time I saw Raven. I remember the first time I saw Mayhem. I remember the first time I saw Flava. And I just thought that they fucking were amazing. And I just, I wanted to know more about it. So, knowing me, what? If I want to know something, I'm going to go fucking figure it out. Mm-hmm. So, I went to the and sought after a drag mother and did a drag competition. I got two drag mothers that night, Raja and Mayhem. And I just like took that love that I got on stage and I used that to fuel me to get more of it. And mm-hmm. uh, I didn't stop. I didn't stop. And I was working in PR at the time. I was there for nine years with Phil Bell at Lobeline Communications doing PR for David Copperfield, Blue Man Group, Leia Salonga, Bill Gaither Homecoming Tour, Lip Bazaar and Stallions, and of course, like, the gay places like 
the Abbey and Jeffrey Sinker and Dinah Shore. And that really um, got my foot in with nightlife. And then when it really started taking off, I was like, I'm quitting my job and I'm going to really 100% into drag and see where it goes. And, um, you know, fast forward to 2012, I'm recording, you know, music with Willem and touring the world. So it, I, I feel like, I I worked really hard to get to where I had to go at that place at that mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, I also like. I also think like our it's it's our connection really. Like I think I don't think I could have ever done the Marco Marco shows without you either. Because I feel like like going back to the theme of family, like everything that like I've ever done in the in my career, like I feel like I especially drag related, like I feel like I always go to you one for advice, two you know like you're just so good at everything you do. Like I think I don't think people realize that like you're so much more than like a drag queen. Like you really are a producer. Well, that that's what I was gonna say. I really enjoy producing and like uh, seeing the ideas and uh, of myself and everyone else like really come to fruition. And it, th- that's not easy to do. It's not mm-hmm. easy to do. I produce things and get all those pieces together and make sure that they flow, um, that they flow. And that's something that I pride myself in. I and my pride myself on is just really trying to cross my T's and dot my I's, especially when it comes in entertainment. And also uplifting all of the people around me to create that community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like at one time Bondi or something, and I am just such a rock bitch at the same time. So don't think that I think that I'm the one, honey. <laughs> no, we're both unwell, but like we're good at we're good at we're good at our jobs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I there, there's one point where like I feel like. The center, the center, the synergy, is that the word I want to use? Like the vi- our vibrate, like we were the Abbey nightclub for like a good four years. There was like not a night where I don't feel like I knew everything that was going on on that strip. Like from, from Abbey and up until like where, you know, Rocco's is now where it was like, we knew where everyone was at every bar, every location, every dancer like I, you know, it'd be like, oh, our, you know, the other the dancers that were missing or happened to be at like I even knew our go-go dancers were at during the week. I mean, this is where like I um I kind of bump heads with inclusivity <laughs> because mm-hmm. um I feel like uh at that time our our community is very was very sacred and we were all very intertwined with each other and we all like supported each other and that's why we knew what what was going on in West Hollywood all the time. That's why we knew every single bar. Um, and, you know, now, I mean, things are very different. You go out in West Hollywood now, it's motherfucking Disneyland, bitch. It's like everyone is fucking balls to the wall, 500 bachelorette parties, 200 fucking straight guys trying to steal some pussy off the street and steal cell phones. And, like, it's just, like, it's not, it's not the safe place that we experienced back in the day. So, like, and now I don't even want to know what everything is going on. Mm-hmm. I, don't even, I don't even care. You want go, go do whatever, whatever's going on at the Abbey girl. Go ahead, girl. I ain't stepping foot in that place. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it's very- so different. And, and it's weird. Cause I remember having a moment, like really thinking like I would spend the rest of my life there. Like, like knowing the bathroom attendance, life story to like, you know, like, and it's weird how chapters come and go and nothing stays yeah. forever. And I think that's something I've, I've learned, but like, but the memories do and like the people do and that, you know, the, the, we'll always have that something else. Like, I mean, we even used to have a WeHo awards um, that didn't, it wasn't at your award show. No, uh, we had, okay. So we had the WeHo awards that used to be uh, Anthony Cortez. And then we had the, the WeHo confidential awards which was lucas john and then we had the top awards which was mine <laughs> so i would get everybody a word that said best top newcomer best top drag queen best top you know whatever mm-hmm. but that was fun dude girl i'm bring back honey i love giving my friends gifts i really miss getting awards so i would <laughs> i, I would love best new podcast <laughs> Best new podcast. Oh my God. That would be so sweet. Um, 
And I'm really glad that like, I have been able to, you know, there are some like, there's, there are some beautiful things that have come out of like the shift, you know, like there is a new generation of us, which like I'm embracing, um, like, you know, my drag daughter, JC O'Day, like she'll tell me things like, like you did the blueprint for me. And that like makes me want to cry sometimes because like, I didn't even know that I was doing anything at the time. You know what I mean? And to see that I made like an impact on this, like young girl, um, See, I pick and choose because the girls say, like, they, they come up to me, but I, I'm not someone that lets people in very easy at all. I make people, my, my love language is acts of service. I, I need to know that you are like part of it and in it with me. Well, um, well, here's the deal. I was literally just telling Sonique this is that there's certain people that could compliment me and make my skin crawl. And like, I just feel super uncomfortable and I just like want to get out of there. But then there's certain people, like I like I was saying, like JC said some shit to me that like normally if a normal person would tell me that, I would be like, you're so fucking annoying. But I've watched this girl like work her way up to the level that she is at now. She has been the handler. She has been quiet. She has been like, she has been the hold the bag for the drag queen girl. Like she's like, she's, she's really like laying the groundwork for herself, you know? Yeah. And so those are the people I respect. Shout out to JC O'Day for uh, even working the lights at Makeout Mondays, girl. Oh my God, look at these beautiful flowers she got me. So, notes on notes on being a good drag daughter. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. Um, then after, okay, so we like developed this family. We kind of like took over West Hollywood nightlife for a while. I mean, that's even kind of where you know all of us kind of started. Like I, you know, I was still casting at the time, but I started to get into nightlife. I broke into like hosting parties. Marco started doing underwear. We kind of like started this whole, like that's kind of when the Marco Marco show kind of like came off the ground and we all wanted to do something where we could work together. Have you talked about how Marco started making underwear? No, why don't, why don't you tell us? Oh my God. Okay. So the reason Marco Marco started making underwear is because he was already a sickening fucking revered costume designer in, in all of Hollywood. I mean, he was already doing like, he was doing Fergie, Black Eyed Peas, he did like Beyonce. He did, he, I mean, like everybody. Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, like everyone. J-Lo, like going off. And um, we, our friend Devin was the entertainment director and booked all the dancers at the Abbey and stuff. And so Devin was like, bitch, we're going to make, like, Marco, will you make underwear for the dancers? And he was like, yeah, fuck, I'd love to, like, do that. Because Marco was, like, so excited to do something, like, queer and gay and nightlife and fun and less, like, the stress of Hollywood. So he's like, yes, I want to do this. He, he did that for all, all of the Abbey for, like, three four months and then he started getting requests for underwear and that that's when marco started make mass producing mm -hmm. underwear producing anything because he only did custom stuff so this is the first time that he started mass producing stuff and so it, they the abbey was like a, a huge part in that mm -hmm. um so you know putting out underwear and well i mean and before that i mean there was like andrew christian like um like uh videos and stuff but but no one was having dancers with all matching sickening underwear like talking costume britney spears quality not yeah. you know nice cotton like performance wear i think marco changed the game on making like because he had done tons of vegas shows uh, on top of all the pop stars and again this is his story to tell but i think we're really good at telling it so i think yeah. he'll he'll be proud of us but I, I don't think anyone at the time, especially in the gay, you know, scene was making these high end like performance wear go-go dancing outfits, let alone yeah. the jock straps, let alone. You know what I mean? It was it was he really changed the game. He changed the game in the go-go dancing world. 100% and nobody was doing that and then you know when the fashion show came out and then he had all the queens on the fucking stage with all the go-go dancers it was literally drag queens and go-go dancers um, and gay porn stars which literally is such like are the the matriarchs of the gay community you know what yeah. I mean 
um, and trans women. And um, it's just weird. That's how I know it was like all meant to happen or like we were following the universe's path or whatever. It was so synced because it was like, I was leaving, I was leaving Drag Race. I was like, I knew it was coming. Um, Marco was leaving Drag Race. We knew that was coming. We had just started hanging out with you, like with like really getting into West Hollywood nightlife um, because he was so used to being on like with on tours and stuff like that. It was like the first time he was settled in LA for a minute. Um, and we were hanging out with go-go dancers and drag queens. And then he got offered this amazing fashion show opportunity. So it was kind of just like this moment. I had just become friends with Matthew fucking Anderson, who was like my ride or die, like with or without RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, I had access to like the best of the best drag queens. Everyone was in LA during that time or like was a, a, a quick shoot away. So it just like kind of all happened at the perfect time. I was already like seeing the everyone on a day, you know, like it's just so weird how perfectly it kind of all meshed together. And then I had just met Magnus Hastings through Courtney act who like was a photographer. So then he did the photography for the first show, you know, like it just like, it really was a, a group effort. You know what it I was, mean? It was the universe was really allowing us to find our paths and what we wanted to do. Um, and that was that that era was just so important for all of us, for all of us. And I feel like that era is is why we are still solidified today. And what because we worked so hard during that moment when we were supposed to, that we're founded. Oh my god, I love that. We are founded. I, I I wish a motherfucker would try to take a job. <laughs> <laughs> you really taught me how to like fucking let loose too. Like I mean, I. I was a party girl in high school, end of year, end end years in high school. I'm like, I had my LA and my LA Hollywood, like the like those early, you know, being 20 years old in Hollywood years before I met the gays. Which that's why some people listen to this and think I must have been like an ogre before I met drag queens, and like I wasn't. Fresh off the boat from like just just imagine like your best friend um in uh in your, your junior year of high school. That was Chanel. <laughs> no, no one has awkward stages anymore, though. I think I was like the last of the awkward stages because they all have huge, they all have drag queens. See, before the internet, like I didn't have YouTube or Instagram or like, you know, I, I didn't have that. All I had was like what was around me. And, and, and now that I, I yeah, I was just, I was still like cute though. Like I still got guys, but like the confidence that I got after drag queens, like You're right, it's, it was a different era. There, there wasn't YouTube and stuff like that. So you know, women now look a certain way. By the time they hit sixteen, they look like a fucking Kardashian. You yeah. know what I mean? So you you didn't have that back then. You didn't know that. And and let's be real, Kardashians were not the fucking creators of contour and all this shit. It was drag queens. And so mm -hmm. before that, like, when you got to meet us queens, girl, you were like, oh, that's what you do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. you no, and there wasn't even, I mean, there really wasn't even a lot of other, like, I used to be able to count the other girls that were in West Hollywood with me. Like, that's kind of crazy to think back. And, like, there was me. There was, like, Samantha Stevens. There and was Dina. Dina Malti. There was Dirty Diana, who was like the like older sister at the time. You know what I mean? Who hated me? Um, but now we're good. Um, shout out to Diana. <laughs> Diana, <laughs> she's in P Town somewhere right now. Uh, it's still Fourth of July for her. <laughs> Get out of here! It is. <laughs> But like it really, and I think, and back, you know, the detox app, I, I have interviewed detox and, and that episode, I mean, she recounted everything at the Onyx Hotel, um, including like times that she like, you know, put gum in my hair and like, like really. Well, detox and Vicky were just the rawest to you. They were just, they, they really showed you tough love. That's you what know? it was. It was yeah. like. 
it was like a hate and detox used to be like this, you know, you don't just get to hang out with us. F she would say the F word. <laughs> and like, you have to like, like you have to pay the price. You have to see what we went through, you know, like she considered it like a hazing. <laughs> I'll never forget one night Courtney act being like, Chanel, maybe you should get some new. <laughs> maybe wait, Chanel, what? Maybe you should get some new friends. Like they're really mean to you. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I knew exactly what it was. I knew exactly what it was because I. It's also if they didn't say shit to you and didn't acknowledge you, that was the bigger. That would be, that would have been the bigger issue. But the fact that they were fucking with you, you're literally their little sister. You know no, I mean? yeah, and I you you really like have to like look at it like it takes like reading reading and shade is like an art form and if someone is taking the time to cleverly come up with ways to fucking well let's to, not give, let's not give them too much credit it was not always clever and they, <laughs> they, they, there were there were times where I would tell them to stop like if you guys need to leave her alone. You know, I would start feeling bad. And she's like, like it should be fine. It should be fine. That was literally her. Um, yeah, I mean, there were times, but you know what? Like it's it was all like a, a learning experience. And now, like, I mean, now it's like we could openly talk about it and it is so different. Like we really have matured and got older and and I really am like grateful. That they have that that you all did give me the tough up. You were always the nice one though. Like you were, you've always been the girl that like you know when I'm having a bad day. Like I will be on the couch crying, and for some reason you get this like need, like this want to call me, and I'll be like, Raya, and I'll cry to you, and you'll just tell me how beautiful I am, and it makes me feel so much better. Well, I have a want and need, especially for women that I care about in in our community to go out of my way to do those things for them because as gay men can can get really you know in our own world and not do those things because we're not we're not trying to be with women so we forget how to treat them sometimes so i always try to like make sure my girls are good and mm -hmm. you know it's fucking good no yeah and like you you you've always treated the women in your life like as how they how they want like like, I don't know. I think girls have this image in their head of like what their gay best friend is going to be like, you know, what I mean, especially now with it in the media and stuff. Like I had no reference, like, except like my best friend's wedding. Um, but like great reference. Um, <laughs> but like now, you know, girls have something to base up, but I think in their head, they think, you know, <laughs> like gay bestie, is just going to be this like friend that's going to like, tell me how beautiful I am and like, take me to fun stuff. And like, you really do give that. Like you bring, like you've I will, open, I will open the door. I will hold your hand. Oh, you you're know, very rare that I'll let a girl pick up the tab too, you know, for at dinner or something. You know, I just feel like there's, and those are things that I normally don't get to do either. So it's, it's actually really, it's, it's good for me too. Cause it makes me feel good to do that. Cause I don't have a lot of girlfriends. So mm -hmm. to take care of the, the women of my life. Um, and now you've kind of built a whole new drag family. Like I kind of want to talk about new age um, Raya. And so like we've kind of grown up and now we're kind of starting our own little families, I guess. Like yeah. really, like we are. Tell it's, me about your new family. It's so crazy. <laughs> I have my house of Latrey. Um, I have 10 children, boys and girls. And they're all incredible and they are all are loud and they all have personalities and it's it's a lot. I am a fucking single mother of 10 of a lot of big personalities. It's crazy. But I love it. My my um my son Jojo Guads is chilling it on the nightclub scene. Like I don't know one of his parties that is not packed to the door with the line out of it. Mm -hmm. Um check him out. Jojo Guads, Prince of Twerk. You can't miss him. Uh, he'll be on the pod. He'll be on the pod. He'll be on the pod soon. Oh God, I can't wait to. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to listen to that on mute. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone's ready. Yeah, you better put captions on that bitch. Uh, I haven't drank yet before an episode, but like I might need to before JoJo's. <laughs> um, and I got Nick Latre, my daughter. Um, who honestly 
I think single-handedly had a lot to do with bringing uh, drag back to uh, West Hollywood after the pandemic um, because she was there at beaches doing the first brunch ever, like, and like turning those tables around and turning those shows around and she's mm-hmm. killing it now. I got Bibble so exotic. I got Sam Garfield who's killing it in the music scene. You know, he's producing mm-hmm. a lot of music and he was uh, in Aya as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just all thriving and it's my favorite. And, and and they're all thriving in such a way that I've had to rebuild my night my nightlife team because they're out thriving doing their own stuff. So it's it's um it's crazy. Like I'm starting to feel really old these days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because my kids are grown ass men now. You know yeah. what I mean? No, I know, I know. Like Marco will talk about his kids at the studio and they're like 29. <laughs> Dude, I'm like 35. I'm like, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. But you know what? That's that's how Raja looks at me. You know what I mean? You know. Well, that's what I. I mean, I that was a huge moment because, like, when I when I met Raja, she was 37, and I'm 37 now. And I remember thinking Raja was so old, Raya. Like, yeah. I, I remember I was old when I was. Like, I was 20 already icon and this was before drag race like a lot of like drag race has put a lot of people on and 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 given that platform but southern california dream girls were the pinnacle and raja specifically was like an icon in west hollywood and la already to to have an artist like like Raja working like in San Diego, everything in Orange County and Riverside and LA and doing that trek that long ago, like she was booked. Wait, you know? and, and didn't drive. And didn't drive. <laughs> That's what kills me. I don't know how she did it. A girl, she had uh, drag children. Drag, no, exactly. <laughs> drag children. That's how you do it. You got to get by. <laughs> My next rule. It's my next rule for me to have a drag child. Do you have a car? Oh my God. I also do have this one image in the beginning of our friendship. I think this was like even before. Oh, uh, yeah. I think this was like right after the. There's that legendary picture that I post like once a year, and it's me, you, Detox, and Kiki Extravaganza in the photo. And it was, I think it was Kiki Extravaganza's birthday, actually. Yes. It was, uh, I know exactly what it was on. Um, it was off of Wilton, right next to where Doomies is now. What was that place called? Yes. Right yes. Adam oh. Lambert had a birthday party there before. Yes. And fun fact, the door bitch that did that party for Kiki's birthday stole all the money and left that night. Oh, my God. I know. That is crazy. That was the first night. I remember that night too. Raja, like everyone laughed. And it was like the first time I had been like left alone. And I like called Raja crying. And that's when she was like, nope, we are not going to do this if we're going to be friends. <laughs> she was like, you will not be calling me crying ever again. <laughs> she goes, you are a grown ass woman. You could get in a taxi and go home alone. <laughs> I'll check her cab. 1-800-300-507. Here you go. <laughs> um... I feel like we were also like in other group. Like we were like, we're totally, were you a part of the dynasty? No. Okay. I have a coworker that still makes fun of me being in the I, dynasty. Anything that I didn't create, I did not belong to. <laughs> okay. How does one have 10 drag children? And what are you looking for when like adding, like for someone listening, that's never been added to a drag friendly or get how like it works. Like how is your process work? How does one become a Latre? Mine is very different. My, you know, a lot of, a lot of queens just want kids to have kids to, to, you know, carry their name. For me, it's more about what they need. So I will, I will meet, you know, some young kids and I'll watch them and I'll see how they work. I'll, I'll see what their work ethic is like. I'll offer them jobs. I'll see what they're, I'll see how they do with that. And you really don't get into my house for at least two years. Cause I feel like you really don't get to know people. And a lot of people don't want to wait that long. And mm-hmm. then to another house, and I'm like, "See, go ahead." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. People really be like looking at me like this backstage at Makeup Mondays, like waiting for me to ask them to be their daughter. 
And you don't ask me either. You don't ask me to be my drag daughter. I don't like that. Um, it's all about. Well, I like that you're saying work ethic because I think that's something like like a lot of people wouldn't even think you're looking for because I think drag has like become this like idea that it's like all aesthetics when it's like so yeah. much more than that. And you know, so, what do you mean when you say work ethic? To be a Latre, you got to be fucking personality down. You have to be life of the party. You have to be kind. Um, you have to work hard. You have to mm -hmm. work hard because I have worked hard to create what I have now. And if I'm going to give a piece of what I've worked for, you're going to know damn well that you're going to work for it too. I'm I'm not in the I'm not in the business of giving handouts because I wasn't given any. So, I think that's what it is. I think that we had to work so hard. So when we see that in someone else, like when we, and I know that, that's why I asked that because I know exactly what you mean when you say work ethic. It's like the first time I saw Nick's Latrey at your, at Makeout Mondays at Bar. I remember being like, like if Rhea puts her name on someone, it's because she's seen them work their fucking ass off. You know what I mean? Nick worked for me for two years as my assistant and stage managing my shows and everything for two years. And she would, she asked me, is like, can I do drag? No, no, you cannot. I've been training you for two years. And like Nick's is everything. She's very much like me. Like she likes to cross her T's and dot her eyes. And so like, she would like have my nails out ready for me. She would come over an hour before we got to work. She would have my outfit out laid out, blah, blah, blah. Like she would set me up. And so my fear was like, oh my God, you're you're gonna do drag and you're gonna leave me, which is exactly what fucking happened. <laughs> it always does. It always does. Exactly what happened. But um I'm glad that she started doing drag because her path in drag is so important to her and she loves her job so much. And I had to realize that I didn't lose anything. I, I didn't lose my son and my assistant. I gained the daughter, which is even like even better because she's she's going to be doing drag for a long time and she's put her heart and soul into it and that's the kind of person that i want to hold my legacy oh my god that's so beautiful she's gonna cry when she hears that shut up nix <laughs> honestly nix people tell nix to shut up just as much as me like i see i see it in the studio like i see so much of myself in nix so it's it's like very cute to watch um and like i've talked about like knowing like the key to being an assistant is anticipating the talent's needs. And like, just by knowing that nails need to like all these things, like that's just like that. That's how, you know, someone's good at what they do. It's like thinking ahead. He's very much still my assistant at my shows and stuff. When I show up, she'll have my drink tickets and she'll, you know, she'll give them to me and she'll get mm -hmm. the line for me. So she, she has taken, uh, taken all of the, you know, education that she has learned uh through nightlife and is and is still applying it to this day she does not have an ego she's just fun and sweet and life of the party and puts on a fucking sickening show so if you want to see um ray latre's daughter in full force go find Lynx latre oh my god i love you you even supported me when you were my i mean at one point i was your manager for a minute i mean i did some bookings for you we started you Probably believed in bent talent. My biggest thing, and and like I don't even know if I've even told you this, but like my my problem with because from the beginning when I first started hanging out with the queens, everyone would always be, everyone would always tell me, you should be their manager, you should be their manager. And so like when you hear something over and over again, you just like think like, oh, like I should be that, whether like the passion's there or not. And my thing is like my passion was always the queens and the talent and their careers and and all that. But when it comes to money, like I am not a money person and you need to be a money person in order. And I think that's why my reign of dry queen bookings like had to fizzle because I found myself like just not liking it anymore. You know, he talks in Vicky's tour uh, with Willem in Australia mm -hmm. and <laughs> When they treated you so mean that you didn't want to do it anymore. So I blame them. <laughs> those, those damn t-shirts. <laughs> t-shirts. We talked about it. We talked about it on the pod. She had me, I brought it out and showed it to her. Okay. So the funny thing is that like to this day, okay, that box was like stolen. So wait, yeah. So for the listeners, okay. So if you missed the detox and Vicky episode, which I hope you didn't, we talk about, there was this 
this drag queen merch of Vicky's that I fucked up. And so, and she wouldn't take them. So for like six years, I had like 2000 Vicky box t-shirts in my garage. That were stolen. Yeah. After five years, they waited five years. And then we'll still, we'll see people walking down the street with those shirts on. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. We told Vicky that they were, that they were good, but she wasn't having it. She was <laughs> not. It was really hard. And I just like, didn't, I was so sick of letting, like, I didn't want to let down another drag queen. I just like, I didn't want to end it. I just didn't ever want to hate drag. You know what I mean? And I that's like even, and that's even why I took a break from nightlife in general is because like, I just got too jaded. Like I wasn't, I, I wasn't, I didn't have that same excitement and I wanted to have that same excitement that I had, you know what I meant? You know yeah. what I mean? So I just figured it was like, and doing this podcast again has like reignited my, my love, my love for all of you. So here we go. Chanel Perillo hosting a summer tramp. <laughs> I do. I do get, don't worry. I'm not taking your summer tramp gig. <laughs> no, I think you're, I think you're one of the best MCs ever. I was never an MC. I was just a straight girl that liked to dress up. <laughs> I look gorgeous and drink a bottle. Uh, yeah. Oh my God. So much fun. Honestly, you probably like, and like Ray was the type of friend. Like if I thought any guy was hot, like she was making sure that they were, they were going home with me that night. Like oh, you just. Queen <laughs> girl. I am the best wing girl. All you have to do is point bitch because I do not give a F. I do not give a F at all. So I will go straight up to you like, ooh, what's your name? Mm -hmm. Girlfriend, there's someone you need to meet. And I will literally bring them straight to the person and put their hands together and walk the fuck away. <laughs> well, so what, what do you think's next for West Hollywood Nightlife? What's next? <laughs> go on, go on, tell me, tell me more. No, uh, West Hollywood nightlife is on fire right now. Um, I know that you see in the press and you hear about all these things about like, you know, the, the Abbey being sold and bought like that and stuff like that. But let me, you know, I know that it, I love what the Abbey represents, but let's be real. None of my bitches, none of the people that are in my true community even go there. So it's totally fine. Mm -hmm. I think Hollywood is going to thrive and, um, and go in a different direction. It is a lot more inclusive now. Mm -hmm. Um, we have been fighting for, but let's not forget, we still have Heart, the fucking fiercest dance floor in all of West Hollywood. It has sickening lights. It's been there forever, the former rage. Beaches, West Hollywood is the most popping spot on the whole strip in West Hollywood. It doesn't matter what night you go there, it is going to be going off. Rocco's is amazing. I throw two nights there on Mondays and Thursday nights. I got Mondays, Makeout Mondays, which is my iconic drag show. And then I have Glitter Tick Thursdays, which is more based on uh, queer recording artists and porn stars and drag queens. And um, Mickey's thriving. They got Heat Thursdays with with uh, with Marie Swanby and Scarlett Bobo, who just moved here to L.A. Mm -hmm. Love Scarlett. She's so sweet. You see, you always like you just know the best people. She if if you see someone around me, they're they've usually gone through my test. You know what I mean? And so when I bring someone around and I'm introducing people to someone and they are, and even if you don't even fucking like me, bitch, you got to know that this person that I'm introducing to you to is a hard worker, loves their job, and is fucking great at drag. And so anytime you see me with another queen like that, bitch, you know that bitch is the one. Mm-hmm. How do, what, what keeps you like, what keeps you motivated? Like what keeps you still excited? You're one person that I would always say like, you're not jaded. Like the little things excite you. Like I would like four years ago, I think we were like walking down Hollywood Boulevard, which you do every week. And you're like, look at us walking down Hollywood Boulevard, down the stars. And I'm like, Rhea, we've lived here 17 years. Like, like, how are you still excited? Well, because you have to remind yourself where you came from. And sometimes you got to look up and around you and be like, Fuck, yeah, I did that shit. You know? Mm -hmm. I don't find the little things exciting anymore. I find the big things exciting. Mm -hmm. That's my most favorite thing to look forward to in nightlife to this day are the new go-go dancers. Um, just to be back there and seeing all the new dicks swinging around just really keeps you motivated to throw parties in West Hollywood.
You, you know, see, maybe that's maybe that's why I just have been staying in so much. See, girl, you need to come back to the backstage with me sometimes because it's been a while. It's been a while. I know. I need to, I need to fall in love with the go-go dancer again. I mean, I'm not going to say his name, but I used to, like, fall hard for the go-go's. Like, the, I remember, like, getting ready to go out just to hope that, like, a certain go-go dancer would, like... And like we were friends with all of them, so it was like this combination of like, a, so, and like, there, and there's something about a go-go dancer. It's like this, like, like the, oh, like they're in 15 minutes in between their sets, they could like come say hi to you, and like you get like to have a moment, and then they have to get back up, and then you don't get to see them for like another couple hours, and then like maybe we'll see each other at the end of the night. Like it was this cat and mouse game that I loved. So did you did did your excitement fizzle out? Uh, once Quinjaction came over or after? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Quinjaction! <laughs> I have the funniest story, and I'm just gonna tell it. So my girlfriend Brittany <laughs> was visiting me from San Diego to like support me at I think it was Rasputin. It might have been Rasputin, or wait, no, it was like it was a Luke and Andres party, but it was, um, the one with like boats. What was it called? It was like boat themed. I remember I wore like a boat hat and like a nautical, it was nautical themed. Oh, I forgot. I think it might've been, uh, was it like an Evita or something like that? It was, was like, it just like Evita. I'm, I'll try to remember the name. It was like some fierce nautical and I have a picture of it, but my girlfriend like came to visit and Quinn Jackson <laughs> was dancing and we're like standing there and I'm like, I used to hook up with that guy back in the day. And she's like, really? And I'm like, let me show you something. And I Google, you know, you, you Google him because he's known for something. I can't oh. believe I'm saying this as I'm showing her the picture of his well-endowed um, physique. I get a tap on my shoulder and he's behind me watching me show her. <laughs> It was so embarrassing. And I was like, I was just bragging. <laughs> but it was, he probably yeah. loved it. Uh, he probably loved it. I know. I know. But that's like, yeah, I used to have a thing for go-go dancers. Um, and that's in part of you. Then that's in part of because of you and detox, because you and detox loved go-go dance. I mean, all drag queens love go-go dancers, but like the love that you and detox used to have for go-go dancers and like well, dating a go-go dancer at the time too you know what i mean like we we were very very into the go-go dancer room and bringing our cute girlfriend in there you know what i mean and getting them horny and then pushing you out you know <laughs> totally what you did that's so i was the fluffer yeah you were the fluffer for sure oh my god okay good to know good to know um, I was going to have us talk about the Frida Kahlo story, but should I save that for Marcos or do, should we talk about it so quick? Yeah, let's like, let's set it up because maybe I'll just have Marco add to it. So part of when I was managing you, we would do these little like pop up Marco Marco events around the country and, um, and like, we would come like do like a tiny version of like a Marco Marco show. And so we did one in Mexico city and it was me, you Marco will. Um, and I think that's it. Like it was like the end of the, it was the end of it. Ray Raja and like April carry had like left or something. Yes. And it was just me, you Marco and, and Willem. And we were like, we got to go to Frida's house. And oh, and I had already gone to Frida's before with Raja. So that's why she didn't go or something like that. And so we're there. And then what happened? So we're there and we're doing the tour. And I'm like looking around. I'm gagged. I am, you know, I am a Mexican-American. And I'm all about learning more about my Mexican heritage. So I was like on cloud nine. I also know that my drag mother, Raja, is obsessed with Frida Kahlo. So... I looking around and I look under these stairs and there's pieces of the blue wall, like under the stairs. And I'm like, oh, bitch. And look over and I th either you had a bag or Willem had a bag. I had a bag back on. And I, um, I, I fucking five finger discounted that, honey. I stole the piece of the wall and I put it in the bag and we get back to the hotel. And the next day we we're leaving. I didn't have any room in my bag. And so Chanel had the piece of the wall in her bag. 
she forgot that it was in her carry-on and not her checked bag. So when she went through the carry-on, the alarm goes off. They're looking. They got agriculture coming over. <laughs> Chanel almost didn't get through because of the Frida Kahlo ba- uh, wall. And so I never got to have that 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 uh, gift for Raja. But Chanel, like, what were you thinking? Okay, the story goes, like, so much even crazier. Like, when Marco adds to it, like, I really thought it was going to be the end of our friendship. Because, like, <laughs> when I tell you, first of all, I didn't. I didn't have, you know, when you like go into Mexico, they give you like the customs form. Remember you accidentally took my customs form instead of, and I had yours and like our, our, and, and I never, I have never in my career fucked up the customs form. And I don't think either had you. And like, we accidentally like switched each other's. So when I got to the airport, I was already stressed that I didn't have that form and I was going to have to get a new one, but we couldn't get that form until we went through security first. And so when we went through security and they real, and that color, like the Frida house is like, that's an iconic blue and we're in Mexico city. Like those, they knew, they they, knew they must've been like this fucking bitch. Take our culture, take our fucking culture. I like, it's for Raja. They took, they took the blue and I watched them put it in a trash can. Like I was so mad. And then I ended up, Marco, long story short, I'm going to let him finish the story, but long story short, we ended up having to like stay the night in Mexico city in the airport hotel because we missed our flight. And it was all because of Frida's house, which is freaking nuts and a crazy story. I never apologized for that. Sorry, Chanel. <laughs> you don't need to apologize. You didn't put gum in my hair. Um, no. <laughs> I still told Detox it was okay. Like, I I still wasn't like, that really hurt. I was like, it's okay. I miss you. Um. Wow. I mean, we really covered everything I wanted to talk about. And what I pretty much like wanted to just like get out of this was like how, how much you taught me about family and drag community and like, kind of like you took me beyond the drag queen world. And I don't, I don't know if I would have done any of the stuff I did, like had I not been there, you know, the night of Ray Latre's secret gathering at the Onyx hotel. <laughs> I know. Um, you know, Chanel, I just got to say, I'm so proud of you. You are one fucking bad bitch and you are so loyal and you're such a good friend. And like the beginning days of me being able to travel and, and, and do gigs, you were my HBIC and you always, you know, took care of me. So um, I am so happy for you with this podcast because people are going to get to know who you really are. And they're going to be like, wow, that is why she shut up Chanel. So. <laughs> Just keep on listening because there is more coming on Shut Up Chanel podcast. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, wait, let's do a couple fuck Mary kills while I have you towards the end because this will be fun. I'm going to do it on like previous guests I've had because it'll be funny. Okay, so fuck Mary kill. Let's do Manila Raja Juju. I'm killing Juju. I'm fucking Manila and I'm marrying my mother. <laughs> Okay, fucking vanilla. I like it. I like it. Heard some pretty good things about that. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I've heard some pretty great things about vanilla Luzon. Fuck Mary Kill, Vicky Detox Sonique. Oh my God. I'm I am I'm marrying Vicky. I'm killing detox and I'm fucking so neat. <laughs> Vicky looks like she gives great cuddles. Great cuddles, like knows how to order. Like she's a she's a healer. She's a healer. You'll get healed. Comes with biscuits. Oh my god. You've also been like a godmother to my to my dog. What's oh. next? You're just the best. And you're actually you're in a relationship. Are you in a relationship right now? I'm in a relationship. <sighs> One year, right? One year and one, a little bit over one month. Um, and it's his birthday. So happy birthday, Isaiah. <laughs> oh, happy birthday, Isaiah. Um, you've got a gig tonight. You've got Makeout Mondays. What's what's going on tonight? 
Bitch, okay, listen. You're reading this podcast. I don't care what week it is. I don't care what year it is, baby. You better make your way to Make Out Mondays at Rocco's. It is the Monday night staple. It is a midnight show. There is no cover. Um, and I have I book a very inclusive show. So you're going to meet everything from bio queens to drag kings, drag queens, um, uh, queer recording artists. Um, and I like to bring polished and newbies together so that the newbies can learn from the polished queens how to act and how to perform. And um, honestly, it's a dance party all fucking night. So please come on by. We also have happy hour prices all night. Um, it is a Monday night, so we want to keep it cute for you. I love it. And if you could give any advice to the newbies, like to these new kids, the new generation, what would your what would your advice be? Um, if you were looking to be a drag queen or get into nightlife, the first thing you need to do is check your ego at the door and you need to find the people that are already doing it because your version of what you think should be done is probably different than what has to be done. And those are things that you can only learn from someone that has been there and done that. So if you're looking to be a queen, go find a queen. If you're looking to be a club promoter, go fucking schmooze up next to a club promoter and, you know, and assist them, offer them help and learn how to be the best you can be because um, YouTube ain't cutting it, baby. <laughs> I love you so much. Why? Uh, uh, let's end it with you telling me to shut up. <clears throat> shut up, Oh my god, that was so beautiful. I love you so much. Thank you for having me be a part of your family. I love you, Chanel. You're the best sister ever. I love you. Okay, I'm gonna stop recording.